Yo, Adam. Yes. Have you heard the interview? So are we talking about the film where those two actors went no. to North Korea? No. 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 Are we talking about Rick Beato and Keith Jarrett? Exactly. Yes. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music commentary, advice, and conversation coming at you. That was on the fly. That's an improviser right there. He just on, made man. that That's shit up. That's how we do it. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm inspired. I'm inspired, too. We're sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com uh, if you want to go on a deeper dive of anything we usually talk about here. If you uh, want to jump, is that like you? we are actually jumping off the deep? dive or for you jumping off the low dive no, into no, no. the deep end no 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 at open studio we take you out in a boat in the middle of the ocean you <laughs> can't see land there's no land for for miles <laughs> right and then there were there's a huge trench the mariana right. trench that's a thing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we pull it we pull that boat over the trench tranche, but tranche. with piano with piano and music yeah and then we dive super deep no we throw that. them off the boat and there's a bunch of sharks around. We weigh you down Those with theory. Are like our various uh, jazz YouTubers that we won't mention. Oh boy, circling around oh you, boy. and then we throw you a life vest, a life. Uh, what's that? Th- the circular thing. The life preserver. Preserver. That's funny. Life. Pre- it doesn't preserve. It saves. A lifesaver. Well, we throw you a packet of lifesavers. Okay. Which is an Open Studio membership, in fact. So go to OpenStudioJazz.com <laughs> for more information. But you know what, Adam? We don't talk about this enough on here. Open I Studio, feel like we do. No, no. no. Open <laughs> Studio is uh, the sole sponsor of this here podcast. True. And the reason that you don't hear about a bunch of other random me undies big shout out to me undies but a random sponsors yeah is because we like to talk about music we like to have we commentary do. we like to have discussions about music things like practicing and keith jarrett and all these wonderful things and so as you will hear the podcast unfold and if you are new here welcome in on youtube or wherever you're listening to this or watching it we pretty much go straight through because yeah. that's the way we like to do it we don't want to be hawking a bunch of stuff but we do hawk a little thing called open studio membership what's what's what are you most excited about because every week there's something new about the open studio member experience that i'm amazed by sometimes it's a member showcasing their their talents or yeah. a story of of progression but what what's kind of been striking you I mean recently. there's so much to be excited I'm still excited about my course here in Great Harmony which just was released a couple of weeks ago I still yep. get daily feedback from our members on that which I'm super stoked about it's all about understanding sort of the nuts and bolts of the harmony of music and I'm mm. digging people's reaction and I'm excited about bringing on new instructors like yeah. Jeremy Siskin we've had Jeremy over in Open Studio Pro for a while yep. we're talking with Jeremy about a possible course at Open Studio so I'm yep. super stoked about that I'm super stoked that we get to talk to people like Ron Carter. and Yeah, that and was fun. It was, it was really good. So fun. yeah, go to OpenStudioJazz.com to uh, learn more. But today, right. Peter, this has been an interesting weekend. Yes. I've listened to more Keith Jarrett this weekend than I have, I think, all year so yep. far. Because friend of the show, Rick Beato. Yes. Former uh, guest on the show. Former guest on the show. Yes. Uh, and of course, famous, amazing YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, music YouTuber. Uh, he actually reached out to you a few weeks ago, yes. and he told you that this was going to happen. So we kind of knew that this we was going to be released but I was, here. Yeah, I was I was keeping very quiet about it yeah. um, because I wanted the the. I mean, I was so excited about it, and we talked about it, and so there's been anticipation. And you know, I think that Rick 
really did a wonderful service in terms of just like what you were saying, how it led you to listening to Keith Jarrett. Well, that was myself. This is the kind of video and interview that just leads you down back down that beautiful place. Let's set it up here. So yeah. Rick interviewed Keith Jarrett. And yes. Keith, now for you, those of you who don't know, Keith Jarrett retired from playing in, I believe it was 2017. Does that seem right? 2018. 2018. He, yeah. After a, a couple of, I think he had a, one or two strokes yeah. that left the, his left side paralyzed so yep. he, he can't play with his left hand um and so he retired from playing and he hasn't really done too much um I, I haven't seen a lot of interviews with him or heard a lot of interviews with him right or read a lot of interviews with him he's been kind of quiet right exactly. um so this was kind of amazing especially to have video of keith especially have the video of him at the piano right playing the piano uh, was amazing. So maybe we could start with yeah. one of those clips. Well, and I was thinking I might even just kind of throw this up there, which is this video here, the most beautiful two minutes of music. Oh yeah, I believe kinda... this is what led this one here to this interview happening because, and, and I highly recommend. We'll have links to, to both these videos uh, in here, but this is a, a video that that um, we'll just watch a little bit. Let me get should I get exactly some sound going. We'll even jump back to the beginning here. Has perfect pitch, but basically of how to start it. The video is called The Most Beautiful Two Minutes of Music. But this two minutes of music actually happens 34 minutes <laughs> into a 64-minute improvisation. I want to just say this right now. I promise you, if you sit through my little introduction, it'll be completely worth it when you... And it is. We're not going to go into all this to see it, but you can check this out. But this is the video that led to the interview happening. That's kind of why I wanted to show it. Someone on Keith's... Family I guess it was either Keith or his wife or his manager or something saw, saw it the, and, and, and showed it, you know, and Keith got to see it and was really intrigued by that. And um, it kind of led Keith to an invitation. subscribes to YouTube channels. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if he does. But, but it just shows the, the serendipitous but sometimes purposeful, I think, um, connections that music commentary and music sharing and that YouTube and certainly this online medium can make that I think is super exciting. I mean, look, yeah. it goes back to the same thing like with radio and then records and all these kinds of things, but there's sort of an immediacy and a connection that's really just very joyful and tender in, in a lot of ways. But also, I mean, I imagine Keith Jarrett sitting and somebody presenting and then him seeing kind of getting a, a, a view to maybe how other people see him. Other people see yeah. Like we talked about this with Ron Carter where it was like he was sort of surprised during the pandemic when he started looking at YouTube and it's like, wow, everybody's talking about me on here. I've just been, you know. That's nice. Of, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they have a view that's very different than all of ours in terms of how the appreciation for what they have. So let's set it up a little bit because we, we obviously we're not going to watch the whole Rick Beato video, although we do encourage you. I'm sure most people that it's are listening. It's 48 minutes and it's a, it's, it's a fact. I mean, you're going you're gonna to want another 48 minutes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, there's a good chance that you already you've follow already it, Rick and you've already yeah. seen this video, but we can talk about a few of our highlights here. So yep. uh, Rick went up to Keith's home and he's and Keith has a barn, famously. His studio, yeah, his, yeah. His studio barn behind his home uh, where he has, uh, you know, pianos and all kinds of instruments and, and space. It's a recording studio. Right, 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 right. And Rick talks to him about that process that he made that studio in the 70s out behind his house. Right. And... Uh, why he did it that's fascinating yep but i think the most fascinating thing peter and i know you know you and i were talking about this is seeing keith play here so again he's lost the use of the left side of his of his body so he can only play with his right hand 
but he does some playing on this video. Right. And it's really good. It's really, really good. <laughs> like, it's better than it has any right to it's be. It's Keith. Yeah, I mean, it's I just know. with one hand and the musicality there. I mean, I was so inspired by seeing this because I'd been hearing, we'd all heard about, it's been public knowledge about the strokes and that the reporting has been all that, that he couldn't play or wasn't playing at all. That's what I was hearing mm -hmm. for years now. And so you start to, you know, you start to really appreciate, obviously, everything he did up to a point. But then when you see that he is still playing, he is still Keith, the music is still there. He's never going to be, apparently, as he was out concertizing. Or maybe he will. I mean, people have had recoveries, whatever. But just to see the human and to make that connection. So we're going to check out. Should we go? No, we're going to go here. Can we do that? Bam. Um, so this is a part. Well, let's just, let's just let it play. Uh, how you're getting back to doing some playing. I just come in here and I... Doodle around, I, call, I would have to call it doodling. How do you have to adapt then for playing with, uh, as far as accompaniment? So I gotta go back to that line because there's, I mean, there's all this great key. Yeah. We, we could analyze this, so but those that know his music, like there's a lot of little things in there. But like the way that Keith swings, which is very much in here, is so like it's so hard swinging, but it's so personalized. Yeah. Like all the great players, you know, you know, just very much linked to the way he phrases. Obviously, master, you know, finger technique just off the charts. And you can but, almost hear the rhythm section with him or his left hand. Oh, yeah, as you know. That he's he's playing off of something. Something is there. Yeah. In well, the his room time. With him. Yeah, like yeah. I was going back and checking some stuff on the solo piano stuff. Obviously, the trio stuff, um, the the quartet with Dewey Red. I mean, like his time is so good, yeah. and so that you know is so relaxed here. But but I mean that's just like very very bebop, you know. But. <laughs> you kind of looks over like did you, did you, you, dig? you catch that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. And you know who knows how much concentration and energy more he's needing to put into doing this. I mean, it's it still it's, has that effortless sound. Seems fairly relaxed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know, man. It's just. 
it's 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 just fantastic. And to be able to have this, I love what Rick did to bring him to a place where he was comfortable to do this and to play like this. You know, because we've we haven't seen something like this from him for for a long time. Yeah. Before we get too much into uh, how great it is to see and hear Keith, we should shout out Rick for this. this yes. he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, not just with the interview, but with the entire setup and the sort of story behind it. Yeah. Uh, I think you know this is one of his best videos, at least for us. I mean, I know where this is our wheelhouse, but yeah. He's, you know, Rick is obviously now like such an experienced storyteller at this medium that I couldn't imagine a better choice for someone to do this than him. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, well, you know, it helps that, that Rick Rick is a like just lifelong fan and really yeah. knows Keith. You know, we've talked totally. to him about that before. That's what I actually talked to him on the pod here when he was on a couple of years ago. And it, it's like he's very, so he comes from that place of knowing his music, knowing coming up during that time, yeah. being a fan. But I, I would just encourage folks as you watch this, some people are going to be a little bit off put because there's like a really long introduction before the interview starts. No, it's good though. It's Don't worth skip it. over that part. It's worth yeah. it, yeah. I mean, and especially because this, I think, is going to be a great interview and kind of check-in point for folks on Keith Jarrett that may not know the history. Like, so even if you feel like, oh, I know all those records or whatever, the kind of background that Rick does at the beginning is great. Um, maybe we'll skip up to this part. Let's see here. Where it, it's, with some just cool stuff where he's talking about... Um, um, Triads versus force and and this kinds well, of things that I'd never heard him talk about. I said yes. Jack and I shared that ability that we remember words. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a little bit further. Okay, all yeah. this stuff is great. I mean, it's just um, here we go. As a pianist, I was more interested in. I mean, I guess I was Bachian. Yeah, Bachian. Yeah. Well, a lot of counterpoint. Yeah. The, the the movements of the inner lines that you're playing. Yeah, I, that was what I did the most of. For example. The, the tune country mm -hmm. is a good example of the, what I was thinking when I was thinking uh, of a kind of simplicity. Okay, we have to stop there because we can't play that. Uh, but country is like this, you know, incredible, was kind of a big hit for him. This record, my song, of course, is in, in, incredible. Um, and even that, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if there's any video footage. I remember seeing this years ago on like somebody had a VHS of this. I tried to find it at one point on YouTube, couldn't find it. Keith Jarrett played this song on SNL in like 1978 yeah. or 79 yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, 78 is when the record, it was probably around that time. An incredible solo piano version of this. So like this was really something interesting that he talks about. But afterwards here, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit because he gets into really, you know, sort of talking about and describing this His is the approach, American approach, American approach, which I'd never about. really, you know, I know he had the American quartet, but I'd never heard him talking about this and demonstrating it. This is Ryder. It's American. Yeah, and no one was <laughs> doing that. No. This is your own language, Steve Swallow with Gary Burton, yeah, yeah. and and that language they kind of adopted that. And then later on, Pat Metheny did too. This Midwestern 
uh, thing. Now, being from yeah. Allentown is kind of like being from the Midwest. Yeah, that's right. Right? Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. It's a church-related thing. Yes. And Charlie. So Charlie's and thing. Charlie, yeah. yeah. And honestly, Charlie Ornette's Hayden. music has uh, uh, s that, yep. I don't want to say country. Is it country elements to it? I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't have called that, that song country if I wasn't thinking that. Right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was very like, that's Keith right there, which is great. But So what he's talking about here, can, maybe we can just break down a little bit musically yeah. of the sound that he's talking about. Yeah. So there's a couple of different, like, well, there's two main cadences, right? You have your perfect cadence, mm -hmm. which is how to approach a tonic from fifths, mm. right? So... A C7 to an F, right? Obviously, that's like the main sound of great American songbook standards. Yeah. It's also the basis for like a 2-5-1. Right. And it's not like Keith never did those. But right. what he did that you don't find in things like Gershwin tunes or Drum Kern tunes or those sort of like great American songbook standards, and a lot of the, the, the jazz from like the 50s yeah. are these plagal cadences mm. that are built in fourths. So Did he plagalize them? He plagalized them. And yeah. Jacob Collier actually talks a little bit about this too. So if that's the perfect, right? G7, C7, F, right? Moving in, in fifths wow. down, or like everything has a fifth. Uh, this is the sound, it's really, really the sound of the 70s, isn't it? When you yeah. hear this. So imagine doing the same thing, but from fourths. Right. right, so resolving to that F from B flat, and then resolving to that B flat from A, uh, from E flat, from a fourth up instead of from a fifth up. So this becomes, it's just a different way to get to that yeah. place. And I think Keith, with those, I think that's what Rick is talking about, with his originals and even into the standards later that yeah. you'll hear them talk about, he uses those plagal cadences more than anybody did before him, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think part of that's part of his signature. Oh, it's great, great. So there's so much great stuff in there, and right even before this, he talks about more about this American style, and I, it was super exciting to me because it's like the type of thing that I'd always heard. I mean, you talk about coming from Facing You, and certainly before too, but like Facing You, his first ECM record, classic solo piano, where he gets into this, all these great vamps, there's all this improvised stuff, um, and then Colin Concerts, my song. I mean, so many great, like, I'd always felt these um, connections purely through his music and never really heard him talk specifically about it as much as he does here, uh, certainly not in a video interview. But to hear him kind of like affirm something that theoretically I understood, you know, like what we like the way you're explaining it and like could kind of play some of it mm -hmm. or at least be able to identify. Him. But to hear it sort of brought together as like a thing is super exciting to me. And mm -hmm. and I think the way it's a very interesting and organic way for us to experience music. And what's so fun about music theory or commentary when you don't think about it in advance, it's not like, oh, I want to learn how to play the American style. It's more like, oh, I've been hearing this thing, and then you get a label for it afterwards. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that is what that is. Well, it's funny they talk about country as the label for it, because to me that sound, and especially when I hear Keith play it, it's more of a black American church sound. Exactly. I mean, I know it's in country as well, but I feel like it came to but country from, that, the, from the church Well, first. I think when he says, like, that's why I called it. That's, but, like, Keith's not thinking about it, especially at that time, and, and I'm putting my own opinion on, on this. This is no, like, yeah. I could be wrong on this, but I think he's not thinking in terms of country, like country and Western or, or so what, talking about the, the region. genre. Yeah, like yeah the, he's thinking the of, the like, feeling. something that's, that's like, even in jazz where we talk about... That's why labels are bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> well, that line was so country the way, yeah. he, you know, it's like... 
uh, freedom of expression and a certain connection with gospel, really, yeah. and blues. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's country a lot of times. But then the industry thing of like country is 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 like you know some Nashville dude with on a, in a pickup truck. That's a different thing. But there is overlap there too. I'm sure. You know. Yeah, that's, that's not what he's talking but about. Actually, look at that. That's a it's a playable <laughs> <It's> a <race. laughs> It's there. Um. But then he gets into like the next segment we wanted to kind of show is something that's really cool here. And it's basically um, Rick is playing him uh, Solar, Miles Davis Solar. So this is more like a stand, like a jazz standard, which with, with Keith was great with solo piano, with trio later, in addition to the great American song. But, but like this is a Miles. Is this actually Miles tune or is it somebody else? It's, it's credited to Miles, I believe. It could be Bill. I mean, it could be Wayne. I mean, who, who knows? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's Miles. But the idea is like Keith apparently had never heard this before, and they they talk about that. This is from a concert that I used to have a VHS of live in Japan from like the the mid the mid eighties. I think it was at Suntory Hall, and I always remember it because Keith's wearing like uh, what we used to call uh, shopping mall uh, Reeboks, which now are apparently very much back into the vanguard. He I looks, believe producer yeah, Caleb is Caleb actually wearing, wearing a pair now. now. Actually, but Caleb's kind of dressed how Keith is dressed <laughs> in this video almost completely. Exactly. So, so it's come full circle, you know. But this was a very mid-80s kind of look but anyway the, it's just an incredible concert it was recorded and i may, i remember when we when i first saw this i was like oh my god this is hd or whatever i thought it wasn't but it was it was some HD. of the best video and this audio 540p <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever it was just some of the best quality that I, i'd ever seen but apparently keith had never seen it so rick sat him down and i mean sat him down they were already sitting down but was like i want to play you something <laughs> <laughs> keith have a seat <laughs> have a seat i know i'm in your home but he played him this and it's so fascinating at first i was like oh this is this could off the rails can keep me like why you know why are you playing this or whatever but it's just Reaction fascinating to it he doesn't remember this at all yeah this is your version of solar okay oh he says oh <laughs> it's from a live concert and so keith's here you know at first i'm like i'm thinking he's gonna be like yeah whatever you know but he's listening such a great version. Fourth there. The yeah. Really good. He's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> hmm. He's appreciative in the most, like, just peaceful and direct way, you know. The same way we are, I think. Standing up here. Yeah. He's standing up if you can't see his video. And apparently Keith was just listening to this. He wasn't watching it like it's on. We can see it on here now. But he was just listening. He looks like he's digging it. Yeah. I mean, we we're all digging it. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of listening like we are. You know? I know. It's like, I mean, his reaction is the same time, you know. It's objectively amazing. Yeah. Ah. Uh. I mean, we could, yeah, we could go on and on here. It's just to say that, like this, you know, that whole performance, which I hope is available now. I, again, I'm not exactly sure if this is 
um, where this is located, but the whole concert is just fantastic. And to see Keith like responding, like 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 we're saying, like he's very much he's digging it. He's, he's digging into it. it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of stories about. There's Keith a lot of people Jr. that don't like to listen to their own stuff. First of all, so that sure. seems out, this seems like out of the ordinary. That right. Like, but sometimes it's a lot of kind of maybe false humility when people are like. I think, oh, I think it might be. You know. Not with me. I don't really enjoy, but, but but I mean, some things I enjoy listening to. No, I know to, some people legitimately can't. Just it's just too much, right? right. Like they don't want to get in there. And the fact that he had never heard this or didn't remember it, or obviously he doesn't seem like he's sitting around his house listening to stuff, no, his own stuff. He's not. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then also Rick plays him this wonderful piece that I'd never heard before. With the um, towards the end of the video, I mean, they listened to like this whole thing that he had written for the Eastman. Um, uh, wind ensemble or orchestra, no orchestra, uh, that he played with. It's, it's a beautiful piece, and I think that um, Keith really, in the same way, like with this, just is appreciating it. I love the fact that he's just listening. Like he's very objective, seeming to me. It's not like, oh, look what I'm doing. It's like he's always been very much about the music, obviously, but it's been off-putting to a lot of people because, especially some musicians, because he's very specific about like his demands on the piano. I mean, it's legendary the stories well, and the was, audience. His look at who his main mentor was in music. It was Miles Davis. Yeah, right. Miles Davis also gets flack for having this confidence of like, listen. I'm doing some stuff here. I yeah. know what I'm doing is interesting and good and different. Yeah. I know it's at a higher quality level than almost everybody else, if not everyone else. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to fake that. I'm not yeah. going to pretend like I don't know that. Right. It's part of why it's so strong and powerful. And I right. think Keith sees that same power, has that same kind of power that Miles does, where it's like, listen, I know, I know what I do, you yeah. know, and I know that this is good. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with know? that. And I mean, you know, Keith gets into talking some about the a lot of people think he doesn't care about the audience in the same way they used to say about miles right yeah they said the same thing about miles obviously cared about the audience he's um, trying to make the best music possible right. for them but yeah. i think that they both were coming from that place and keith has talked about this like and talks about a little bit in this interview um, well he talks about the importance of the audience and how they're part of the process and i think that's his thing why it's like come on let's have the sound in a certain way. Let's not take pictures. Let, like, like, let's honor this time yeah. together. Not because it's like, look at me. It's like, listen to the music. What did he say? Something like, what you might not know is I couldn't have done this without you or something yes. like that? Yes, yep. like exactly. He's in there. And then he talks about, oh, so much great stuff in this. Check out the interview. Yeah, you know, watch the whole thing. The yeah. deer head in. He talks, I didn't realize about, I mean, I knew that he has those great recordings from like the early nine, early nineties or early eighties. I don't know. Live at the Deer. Oh man, some of the greatest I don't know trio stuff. stuff. Man, I have so many. He has such. Uh, he was such a pro prolific recorder. Yeah, I have so many holes. Another great. Oh, thing. and they show his prolific recorders on the wall. I know he's got <laughs> literally recorders. Yeah, <laughs> the bass recorder. No, so one of the things with this interview, and I think one of the things that's great, if you from other things that Rick has, Rick Beato has posted on Keith, is that like this is a basically like this is basically like a. Um, a listening recommendation yeah, for a lot of, especially 70s Keith, because Rick is obviously steeped in 70s Keith, yeah. all Keith, but like you could tell Rick is like, that's the emotional connection of him as a yeah. young musician discovering this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, for me, like this has been a, a playlist essentially all weekend yeah, and I yeah. can't wait to, and I mean, I've heard of this stuff and heard yeah. this stuff obviously, but like really going deep, being inspired by hearing Rick talk about it, being inspired by seeing Keith. So uh, if you're if you're sort of like a, superficial uh keith admirer or yeah. you have like a one gear of a keith jarrett um uh fandom check out this the beginning especially the beginning of the video for some great yes rick beato recommendations absolutely on where to start for this stuff and i mean i think it's such a 
one of the difficult things with um, especially with so much being available now um, and in, in terms of like his entire output for such a prolific and multi-talented artist like Keith Jarrett where it goes everywhere from solo piano to duos, trios, classical. But his, cla- his Mozart piano concertos are some of my favorite readings of that. Handel. Um, He's got his his second album cor- is, is yeah. like a singer songwriter album. Yeah, singer. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that stuff. The 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 and the, of course the recording. I think most people know him for Forest Flower with Charles Lloyd, yeah. which was like super early on. Like he has a really huge output, and it can be. And then there's all these great live recordings, a lot of which kind of come and go, but they're available on YouTube, like stuff from the '80s, the '90s. I mean, his stuff from the, the '70s is hard to classify. Yeah, it's just amazing. Music. But it's such a it's such important stuff, and then. He's even they're talking about like Live at the Deer Hunt. That's a great one. We'll listen to that. Um, but he did these like Live at the Blue Note. I, I remember love in the nineties. Live at the Blue Note. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of sound in the Blue Note, but somehow those recordings in Man, him. Man, that band sounded so good it in was there. So great. Yeah. I think it's it must have been because it was kind of small for them. They must have been tight. Yeah. Within each other, you know, yeah. like super close to each other. because they're usually th- that trio with with Jack and Gary are playing these big halls. You know, is yeah. how I associate them. Yep. That's how I saw them. Yeah. But like, yeah, live at the Blue Note, that must have been amazing to be Yeah, there. yeah. So I've only seen, I've seen Keith twice, and one of the times live was, I'll never forget, I mean, you know, there's always these moments that come along, but being a big fan of his, you know, coming up, I remember seeing him, and this was like mid, late, no, yeah, kind of like maybe 96, 97, at the uh, Istanbul Jazz Festival. Like, oh, I stayed over an extra day because we Just played. Just to watch it, yeah. And, you know, to, and I was going to kind of hang backstage. And, like, before he got there, they were like, everyone has to leave backstage. He can't have, you know. He's got these little things, you know. Yeah. But I was like, whatever. So I went out and sat in the audience. I knew the guy, the, the festival promoter, because we played there. And um, anyway, it was with the trio, with Gary Peacock and Jack DeJunette. And it was such an amazing concert. Like, to be able to remember sort of what the vibe was and to see – especially with a group that has so many great live recordings. So you go into that situation kind of with a certain expectation. You don't know exactly what's going to be played, but you have an idea about kind of what it might be like. But so it's almost harder to sort of surpass that, you know, but it did like to be in something that's, you know, it's like if you go to see a sporting event and like you've seen it on TV a lot, you kind of know the players, you know their moves and everything. But then when you see it live, it's sometimes very hard to transcend your expectations, but this did, you know, and Same. that's exciting. Same. I saw him in a big theater in Newark, New Jersey, mm. probably 2002. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I still remember a couple of moments of him playing a chord from that concert. And it was just like, how, how do you play a chord like that? I know. Like, how can a chord just like, like resonate your whole body? Una corda. Una corda, man. Anyway, <laughs> Una thank corda. you, Rick, for that yeah, uh, thanks, video. And thank you, Keith. I'm hoping, man, that with this renewed interest or that with some interest, maybe Keith gets a little bit of a urge to make some kind of recording in there yeah. of a right-hand album. That would be amazing. I mean, with the trio? Even if not with the trio, but Whatever. certainly with the... I Just mean, hearing what he was doing there, I could listen to that for absolutely. 50 minutes. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, making it all the way to the end of the video. We are, remind you, we are... Spo- no, don't stop listening now. Don't stop. Look, even you, you got your hands on the dial and everything over there. We, I know this would is that time. be something you might be interested in. I'm just ready to go here. He's just ready. You go. We are sponsored by Open Studio. Please come and check out our community. It's an amazing place. If you're looking for an inspiring, supportive, yeah. interactive community in order just to get better playing music, getting better play jazz, we're always talking about jazz, but jazz is really the foundation 
for getting better just musically. It's not the only foundation, but it's the easiest, most fun, and bestest, as we like to say. And um, I think, no, I don't think, I know we have built the number one uh, meeting place for just great artists, great teachers, great tutors, great students, uh, great community um, of jazz artists. And um, we're really excited. We have a master class with Keith Jarrett coming up this Friday. Did you know about that? No, Sorry. we don't. I wish we did, though. I wish we did. We're going to try to do that. We so. do not, by the way. We do, <laughs> we do not. not. <laughs> yeah. no, but it's an idea. But Keith, if you're watching. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Until next time. You'll hear it.